Hello and welcome to the Pure Championship podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by friend of the show, Rafe Rovers fan Scott Fleming, to react to the first Fife derby of the season, which ended 1-0. Scott, it was the first derby of the season. It maybe didn't quite live up to expectations and was perhaps a little disappointed by by the standards of recent Fife derbies. What did you make of this game? Firstly, cheers for having me on, Cammy. Uh, uh, as you say, I think when it's a derby match, you kind of expect it to be a bit end-to-end few tackles going in, maybe some more goals, but I've seen a few nil-nils as well in my time. But uh, no, as you say, I, I think probably Dunfermline will be happier of the two with, with a draw, but I think uh, when we didn't play so well in the second half, I think we probably would take a point at the end of the day. We we played well first half, didn't really show up second half, but you guys kind of came into it more. So, uh, a point in this league is never a bad point. No, not at all. And I think you're right in saying that it was kind of a game of two halves, so look, maybe it wasn't a totally clear-cut one. Um, the Rovers dominated the pars in the first half. I felt so many good chances, and just Dario Zanata was, was on fire and ended himself man of the match. We'll speak a bit more about him later on, but that's where the first goal came through, and I felt that that, that goal was coming. The pars were really struggling. Uh, John McGlynn had clearly instructed his team to play down that side and take full advantage of Ryan Dow's kind of lacklustre tracking back and then Aaron Comrie being all over the shop and ultimately that, that's what kind of cost us the goal went in and to be honest at that point I was expecting the floodgates to open and, and for us to, to lose several more goals um, thankfully that wasn't the case so how how did you kind of feel that the Rovers were? I know you've kind of spoken before the podcast and throughout the weeks about kind of the Rovers maybe not playing as free flowing football. How was that in comparison to what you've seen in recent weeks? Yeah, I think I think the first half you you seen how we can pass the ball and we're very good with all the one touch passing and intricate play and we do find pockets of space and I do think that Dunfermline did something. Sorry, they didn't do something which Partick Thistle did to us on Sunday and I felt like they didn't press us high enough and that allowed us to play the ball out from the back which we try and do week in, week out. Uh, But games against Celtic, obviously in the Cup last week, but also Partick pressed us really high in our own half and it forced us to go long, which we don't have the tallest of strikers so it's probably the best way to play the Rovers, I feel, but I think you saw a good a good side of us in the first half. And as you say, Zanata was on fire for 40, 45 minutes and then anonymous in the second half. But I think you could say that about a lot, a lot of our players yesterday. But I would say, yeah, it, it first half was not our best performance, but it was, it was up there. And uh, I just feel that, I still feel we're a little bit powder puff up front, but... There's a lot of people that think we've got some young players, so just give them a chance, really. I mean, yeah, it's. I think the pressing's an important thing because I'd noticed that this was something I think I'd mentioned to you was how Dunfermline dealt with Zanata compared to how Rafe Rovers dealt with Kai Kennedy. Um, it seemed every single time the pass would pass the ball out to Kai Kennedy and no sooner would Kai Kennedy get the ball at his feet and there were two, if not three, bodies uh, from Rafe on him, whereas Zanata seemed to get acres and acres of space and obviously as we've said that that's where the goal came from with him getting a lot of space whereas Kennedy granted he did play a part in the scoring of Pars equaliser in the second half but he just 
Rafe clearly knew he's been a player we've just been looking to play through. We know the ball goes to him. He'll try and skin four or five boys and all going well, he gets a ball into the box. But with him being a really slight kind of guy, he's, he's not got much height to him, not much weight. I've put a few bodies around him and he's he's goosed. He, he really... I felt he struggled at points and, and fair play to, to the Rovers for the way that they dealt with Kennedy. I think moving into that second half then to speak of the Pars performance, it, as much as it was an improvement on the first half, I'm still not convinced that we can say that that's a level of performance that's acceptable. Um, it, even even more so in a derby, um, the Pars performances in recent weeks have been nothing short of woeful and yes, that was the third draw on the trot we've, we've not lost, but it's it's mind boggling. We scored that goal, and it, that 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 goal came after a potentially dubious offside, which I'll go back to in a second. But as soon as Kevin O'Hara put that ball in the back of the net, rather than keep going for it, we'd kind of had a maybe what, a fifteen twenty minute spell where we were not necessarily dominating, but we did have quite a good spell of possession. We were kind of getting chances or missing that kind of final ball, but things were looking a bit better. We got that goal and sat back and invited pressure, then you went on to have several other chances. But going back to that, that offside reference, Craig White had scored about the hour mark, if I'm not wrong, and it was ruled offside. Now, I've seen a few replays. People in front of me had iPlayer up almost immediately and were adamant that he was onside. Taking your Rafe Rover specs off, what do you think? Was he on or was he off? Yeah, I've... Uh... I've also had a look on Race TV, had highlights up pretty quickly last night, but also uh, we recorded the game just in case it was a very good game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had another look back and it is a lot closer than I think we thought because from where we are, obviously, at the other side of the stadium, he looked a lot further ahead of Benedictus and Berra. So we, we just assumed it was offside, but I think there probably is an argument, but I do think he's like I think it's his right shoulder seems to be, but I don't know. They would need to get their squiggly lines out and everything to check all that out if they if they had VAR. But no, nah, it's I I can see why the Pars fans would be very felt hard done by, but I do think it's maybe marginally offside. But it, I think I think genuinely, if you asked a neutral, I think it would be pretty fifty fifty. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's why I'd, I'd used the word dubious to describe it. I was adamant as well, once I'd kind of seen the replay, that he was onside. But the more I look at it, the, there is still that bit of doubt there. And I think on another day, or if there was VR, it could have been a different decision on this on this, uh, on this occasion, should I say. It's not worked out in the par's favour. I can't help but wonder, had that went in, obviously about 10 or 15 minutes before O'Hara had scored, how how the dynamic of the game would have changed? Would the Pars have then sat back like they did when they scored later on? Or would they have went for it again, knowing that they still had a little bit of time, had things went wrong and we'd conceded again, we would have maybe had a little bit of time left to to score again? But right at the kind of death, as, as the Rovers kind of came back into the game, Owen Fawn Williams made, and I'm going to say this now, Pars' specs are on, I don't care. <laughs> possibly one of the best saves we'll see this season in the championship. Um, well, a double save, actually. There's a video that, that's going round. I then noticed it in the highlights of Regan Tumulty putting the ball in and, is it, Poplatnik heads it towards goal. Yeah. Tumulty's run about with his arms up in the air, total celebrating, and then you just see Fawn Williams pull off the double save. What 
obviously that that was down the end of the stadium you were at. How how did that feel seeing that get saved? Because it looked almost certain to go in. Well, as you say, Tumulty whipped in a one of his only good balls of the evening because he was he's usually pretty reliable from that right hand side bombing up and down, but he was a bit woeful at times with his crossing. But that one on that occasion was a, a very good cross. Good pace and literally Poplatnik just needed to put his head on, which he did. And you couldn't ask any more of him. And then, as you say, Fawn Williams just out of nowhere just manages to claw out one hand and just tip it wide. But it did then, look as we were all pretty much out of our seats thinking we had scored, they, uh, Benedictus looked like he was about to go and slide and tap it in. But Fawn Williams managed to somehow get himself up and tip it further wide uh, of the post. But... It was some save, and I don't think you'll be far wrong saying that it could be the best one we'll see this season. I mean, it's still early on, but it's. Uh, I, I, I was surprised considering the uh, comments I've heard about him before, and I've seen him a few times have a few poor games against the Rovers last season as well. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a save of the season so far, anyway. I think uh, this is probably the time for me to shout out David Buick, uh, a good Pars fan on Twitter for those who aren't already following him. And he tweeted this after the game saying, in the summer, Peter Grant decided Owen Fawn Williams wasn't good enough to be the starting goalkeeper. So he went and brought in Dennis Mehmet, who ends up being dreadful. He then recalls Owen Fawn Williams to the starting 11 and now his Owen Fawn Williams saves. I've kept Grant in his job. I mean, you can't put it much better than that. I, I think like you say, Fawn Williams, as much as he's can be a good shot stopper, and certainly against Inverness, he made some good saves. He, he's he can be, he can be poppadom hands at times. There's far too many times where the ball comes right at him and he just parries it right out, or he, he fluffs it at cross, or like well, yeah, you said that Rafe Rovers game actually was it, um, Saunders header. He, he kind of jumped out and completely missed it. There was there was multiple kind of occasions where. He just had to do better. And I think a lot of Pars fans were wanting to see an improvement in goals. But then I think maybe a, a few of us forgot what we actually had, especially when we seen a uh, Dennis Mehmet in goals. And that, that was a quite the scary experience. But just going back to another big chance that the Rovers had, which was could have been 2-0 and could have buried the Pars and probably would have ended things for Peter Grant in, in charge of the Pars. And that was Brad Spencer, who... Aidan Connolly, early doors, well, I'm saying early doors, uh, after the Rovers' first goal, quite quite soon after, I think, put a good ball in. Spencer found himself in acres of space in the box. Connolly, once again, nowhere to be seen. And all all Spencer really had to do, I think, was put it on target to put it in the back of the net, but managed to to put it wide. How how big a chance was that? And is that kind of like Rafe's Craig White in goal being chopped offside moment of the game? Do you think that could have had a complete swinging effect? Yeah, I mean, we couldn't believe... Well, at first I was wondering where uh, Comrie was because <laughs> we were just going, how the hell is Brad Spencer up front on his own at the back stick when nobody even within 10 yards of him? And when you look back at the highlights, you probably go... Obviously, it's it's easy looking at it in hindsight, but you, you could even chested it down and then placed it into the corner. But I can kind of see what he's trying to do with a trying to head it back across because Fawn Williams is trying to rush across to the other side of the goal and then if he does he's going past the ball but uh, 
I still think if that's one of the attacking players in Varian or even Zanata or somebody, I think they're probably hitting the target minimum, if not sticking it in the back of the net. And I do think that goes 2-0. I think, yeah, I, I, I don't fear for the pars, but I think that it would have been a very hard game for Dunfermline to get back into. Even though we have shown a few times that we've let teams back in, obviously that horror show in the last 20 minutes against Hamilton in the first game, and very nearly against Partick as well on Sunday, but I still think 2-0 and I, d- I didn't see the Pars scoring twice, put it that way. No, definitely not. I think mentioning both of those games, that annoys me even more that the Pars didn't go for it, knowing kind of what Rafe Rovers were like when they conceded late uh, earlier on in the season. Uh, yeah, it, it's one of those those things, but a, a one-all draw um, to, to kind of signal the end of the first Fife derby, three more to come and hopefully... For the Pars, anyway, more success. I'm not going to say more success for the Rovers, of course, but talk to me about the Rovers in general then. What what have you made of the start to the season, sitting in fourth place at the moment in the playoffs, 11 points and eight points behind league leaders in Vernes? What what would you say has kind of impressed you and what, what could have perhaps been better? Yeah, I think uh, if you were to ask the majority uh, Rovers fans, it's, it is a solid enough start and... We've lost a couple of games, but the teams we've, we've lost to Inverness, which was quite late on, we lost 1-0 up up in Inverness, but it was due to a very good goal for Roddy McGregor. But other than that, uh, stating obvious, but the Hamilton game should have been another two points added on us instead of that point. So you really should be on 13, and if you're at that, you probably can't ask so much more. I mean, our both are playing at their skin just now to be where they are. Uh, and you kind of expect Kelly to be up there. So I think for us to be not too distant from them just now is probably where we should be. Um, obviously, you're, a, you're clear just now of the bottom sort of teams, but we know this league, anybody can beat anybody, and it could be two defeats in a row whilst two teams near the bottom get two wins, and then you're caught right back into it. So I think... I'm happy enough with how we're going just now. We're, I think we've just well, we've got Kelly on Saturday, which will be four games in nine days. So, I think this might be a game too much for us on Saturday. But if uh, if you gave me a point right now, I definitely would take it on Saturday. I think you, you you've got to kind of be happy with what's happened, especially considering the the number of players that left the team. Obviously, Dylan Tate will be away in a matter of weeks off to Hibs. So, yeah, I think considering. What's happened? You've got to praise John McGlynn and his coaching staff for managing to once again kind of bring in a lot of unknown players. I don't know if that's maybe a bit harsh saying that, but you kind of mentioned Varian, for example. He wasn't someone I'd heard of. Um, then there's yeah, there's just a few others. Dario Zanata. He seems to have him playing out his skin again. I think Zanata a few seasons ago at Aloha looked to to be a really promising player and then just didn't really build on that in his spells at Partick or at Air United and then it's come into the Rovers and I think he's always been a player that you can imagine doing quite well and I think we discussed this as well. He's kind of like Dom Thomas in a sense that he's a match winner but then you know all too often he's not going to turn up and it's every five or six games that you're going to get a, a decent game out of him and it's... It's a, it's a tricky one, obviously. Dom Thomas has is, is found himself out the Dunfermline team and hasn't really played too well this season. But Zanata seems to have turned things around. It might just be the case of kind of 
the right team, the right system and whatnot. So so looking ahead for the kind of remainder of the season then, Scott, um, if we don't have you on before, what would you say your prediction is for the Rovers' finish? Um, can, can the Rovers go one better this season and actually achieve promotion after the playoff hurt last season? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think it will come down to... Uh, it's Maybe other people are saying the same with their own team, but injuries is a massive thing for us. We've bizarrely just sent a couple of players out on loan and to we're recording on a Thursday night here, but we've still not brought anybody in on loan whilst letting them go. So it, there's a few, a few Rovers fans are questioning what, why and what's going on. But obviously I don't know why we're questioning. McGlynn seems to always pull a rabbit out of the hat when he does uh, some uh, strange decisions. But I think if you gave me playoffs again, oh, we'll, we'll bite your hand off for it. I think right now we aren't, we're not ready to go up. We we just aren't. Anybody that thinks we are, I think, is kidding themselves on a little bit. I think we're a playoff team. We play some good football, and I think that I, I'm I'm confident we'll get top four. Just wearing that top four, it'll probably likely be third or fourth. I don't see us maybe catching the likes of Kelly and Inverness, but unless one of them were to go in a really bad run, but I don't see it just now. But I I would put us. Third or fourth for sure. Uh, I think we'd possibly slightly more positive if we had the likes of Lewis Vaughan fit, which is uh, obviously gutting for us again and for himself. A fourth ACL injury. It's just, I feel sorry for the guy and uh, it's just uh, never good to see something like that. But no, I'll, I'll go for a playoff position. I think that that's probably fair. I'll ask you as well, just for a bit of fun at the end, what about the Pars then? What do you think is going to happen with the Pars come the end of the season? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, we had the young lads at the back of the stand singing about you're going down, you're going down last night. But I'd, I just think the Pars are probably, they've got too decent a squad to go down. I, I, you see teams like Alloa last year, they had a lot of fragility in their squad last year and I just, I didn't see, I do think Peter Grant will lose his job eventually, whether it's this weekend or in a couple of weeks. I just, I think he'll need to go at some point soon for them to, to get going again. Uh, I fear for Hamilton. I mean, I watched them for, seven, well, the first 70 minutes in the first game of the season, 4-0 could have been 7. They they were awful. Um, they don't look good at all. Uh, I fear for Morton also, which... Obviously, uh, Chris won't uh, like to hear, but I I do. I think it will be Morton or Hamilton that will go go down this year, and I think the Pars will probably finish. I'll say about seventh. I think they'll get out of it. Listen, I'd take seventh now. <laughs> Sign me up for that. I think you're spotting about Hamilton. Um, obviously, the Pars played them uh, only a few games ago, and that was possibly one of the worst games of football I've ever seen the Pars play. We often discuss the kind of shite games Hall of Fame on Pure Championship and I think this game tops it and we're as well shutting the Hall of Fame because this game has not <laughs> been beaten. Um, Hamilton, yes, they're higher up in the table than the Pars at the moment, but they looked awful. The Pars are very bad, but Hamilton, yeah, I, I would be worried and perhaps this is me just saying that, trying to make myself feel better about the Pars predicament, but, but yeah, I mean, I guess we only need to wait and see. So, 
That wraps things up for this Fife Derby special edition of the Pure Championship podcast. Thanks for coming on, Scott. And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, be sure to leave your reviews. And if you haven't already listened to it, be sure to check your podcast feeds to listen to the Pure Championship exclusive interview of Inverness Straker, Pure Championship favourite Manny Duku. Thanks for listening.